Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Music for Education and Wellbeing podcast. Join us each month to hear ideas, inspiration and practical advice from people making change through music. These conversations are hosted by me, Anita Holford of Music Education Works and Writing Services. So I'll be focusing in particular on breaking down barriers to music through communication and advocacy, but from quite a broad perspective. I really hope you'll enjoy them. And now on with the show. Hello, it's Anita here and welcome to this mini podcast series looking at how music organisations are responding to the current pandemic. These podcasts are going to be quite short and the purpose is really just to share how people in the music education sector are responding in terms of their offer and support to young people. There's a lot we could go into, the pros and cons of online, the financial and organisational implications of such massive change. But for now, we're just focusing on support to young people and learners. Every organisation, of course, has a different setup and a different capacity to respond. And there may be some of you who are simply not able to continue with operations. And so I hope you're able to get back to the work that you care about very soon. In this episode, I'm talking with Sally Cathcart of the Curious Piano Teachers, an online membership organisation that provides a space for piano teachers across the world to meet, share, learn and grow. So hello, Sally, and welcome. Hello there, Anita, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, it's really, really good to have you on the show. And and thank you for getting in touch in the first place to offer to talk about how piano teachers across the world are responding. So can you start by telling me in one sentence what your organisation does? Okay, so the Curious Piano Teachers provide piano teachers with an online support network, I suppose. We have about 600 members in various countries, and I I reckon they probably deliver about 13,000 piano lessons a week. And we give them community support and resources for them to use in their piano lessons so that lessons have a little bit more uh, relevance and energy and are as, as engaging and as purposeful as possible for young learners. That sounds fantastic. So if somebody joins your membership, what can they expect? What sort of things happen? Do you have regular meetings? Do you provide weekly resources? Termly resources. Well, we provide each month we have a curiosity box. So there are over 50 of these now because we've been going just five years, celebrated last, last week. Oh. And we have 50 curiosity boxes, and each one has a different theme or a different focus. And these range through what I call the four pillars of piano teaching, which is about being a teacher, being a pianist, being a musician, and being a professional. And so you might get for being a teacher, we have a big focus on giving feedback and how to give really effective feedback. For being a pianist, we might be looking at either our own our own sense of being a pianist, looking at Chopin, or we've had curiosity boxes on Debussy and really focusing on specific composers, both from a teaching perspective, here are pieces you can teach and how to teach them in creative ways, and also for yourself, how you can improve your own playing skills. Being a musician, as I'm Kadai trained, so we have a, a big emphasis on musicianship and training up teachers so that they have a better sense of oral and playing by ear. And then being a professional, looking at, let's say, for example, one of the curiosity boxes focuses on helping teachers to develop their websites so that they look professional and have a professional platform to the outside world. That sounds fantastic. So support, all round support for a piano teacher's business as well. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. Do they get Absolutely. to meet other members at all? Absolutely, yes. So each curiosity box comes with a 
uh, we have a webinar each month which members can come to join in live we often have guests from around the world but members can come along they can ask questions about that particular topic but in direct response to the current situation we we know we recognize that a lot of teachers have felt very isolated i mean this is one of the trouble with being a piano teacher up till now is that you can be very isolated in your work and not have a connection to other piano teachers even in your small area so the curious piano teachers at our heart we have something called the community where all the teachers come and share we have a facebook group called the curiosity lounge which is a hive of activity every single day if you put up a question somebody will be there to answer it in the most positive and supportive way and i mean i've learned so much just from watching the answers in the curiosity lounge but our webinars that we have every month are really important and then because teachers some of them have felt very isolated especially you know some have been by themselves during this whole period and not able to go out the house you know if they've been in the extremely vulnerable group so we've set up from march onwards we have twice a week we have community chats one on a tuesday evening and one on a friday morning it's just a zoom meeting and people come along and we all kind of exchange whatever it is we want to talk about not necessarily to do with the piano and we all meet and then we'll send everybody into a breakout room so that there might be three or four teachers in a room at any one time and that has just been so lovely to see and hear the teachers and everybody's got to know each other in a really, really lovely way. Sounds really great and so helpful just generally, not only in the current situation. So that was specifically set up in response to the current situation. Yes, absolutely. And how, how many teachers are, tend to be on those calls? Up to about 20 on the whole. And there is, I think it's fair to say, a little core of teachers who are very much those who are by themselves, who really are looking at these as being the place where they reach out to others and talk about the problems that they might have had in their teaching, maybe that particular day. And myself and Sharon, my co-founder, we're both there and we're both teaching the piano as well. So we're absolutely going through exactly the same things as all our members. And I mean, we started to move everybody online right the way back I was looking it up earlier actually on the 12th of March we did a free webinar for all piano teachers we could see the way that things were going mm. and um, we had a free webinar for the essential guide for helping teachers to get online you know getting people established with zoom because we did have some experience in this but for most teachers they hadn't you know showing them what the equipment was what the software was how to set up how to adjust the sound how to talk <laughs> just yeah. in a lesson was um, I know a lot of teachers really really found that hugely helpful and so many of them heard from their the families they teach and the pupils they teach how much they appreciated how quickly their piano teacher was able to get online most of them were online well before easter you know this was before the schools and i think a lot of the bigger organizations were able to make the move into teaching online a lot of piano teachers were there already providing continuity and a sense of familiarity, if you like, for piano pupils by that point in lockdown. And I can speak from my own personal experience. It's been so lovely to connect with pupils every single week and see their beaming face. <laughs> and you can tell that there's real genuine pleasure at connecting with us because we are this familiar face to them, you know. And when everything else is sort of so distant, 
we continue to provide a regular service every week. You've responded as an organisation in two ways by providing extra support and face-to-face online support, which you didn't provide before. And then you've also provided um, support for music teachers to get online themselves. And how many music teachers or what proportion, have you got any sense of what proportion of your membership are are now delivering online? Well, it's funny you should say that. I can't give you a figure at the moment, although I have just, I am going to be launching a survey this week because it's Ah. with my research hat, a survey of how many teachers got online and how many pupils have accepted the offer. And we certainly know that majority of teachers have gone online. We also know that there are some teachers for whom it just hasn't proved possible. And Mm. that might be because they haven't got the internet access or that the family circumstances are just such that if the husband is working and, you know, in terms of the profession, we are 75% female and 25% male. So oh. so for a lot of them, it, they are sort of the women in the house, the mum, maybe the husband's also working online, the children are online with school as well. And there just isn't the bandwidth. Or the, yeah. or the physical presence to the computer for them to be able to deliver their lessons. So we know, sadly, there are one or two who've had to say, I just can't do this. But we also know that there are a lot of families who are making it work and are doing a lot of juggling. And we know that there are families where the husband is the piano teacher and also looking after the children and juggling the whole situation again. I am fascinated to find out what percentage of us have made that leap over to being online now. Oh, that'd be interesting. Do let me know and I'll share that on on social media if you like. So I'm really fascinated to know what it's like to have a a piano lesson online or what's different about it and what teachers having to do differently. Because there has been online instrumental teaching for a long time and, and I've seen a couple of piano courses online. What sort of advice are you giving to teachers, not so much about the technical side, but about the change in their delivery, perhaps in terms of feedback and demonstration? Yeah, I think it's been really interesting to explore the different model that it forces you to adopt, really. I think the first thing is the sound quality. Now, the piano (laughs) is unfortunately a very percussive instrument and zoom sound struggles to cope with it so it's you know one of the big things was actually getting the best sound you can and that comes along with having to switch off the originals original sound option on zoom and zoom responded very quickly actually to being able to do that at one point you could only do it on the desktop but actually from about four weeks ago i think you can now do it on ipads as well so you can switch off original sound which is, that is the teacher um, or the learner both because what the original sound does is it has a preference for speech and anything that isn't speech it will try and suppress that includes oh. the piano Okay. (laughs) So, but with the original sound off, you don't get quite the same amount of suppression of the piano. So that's the first thing. And then for the teachers, we've been really advising them to invest in good quality um, microphones if possible. And, uh, you know, there are various ones that actually give a really decent, I think, piano sound. The pupils at the other end, the sound tends to be much more variable. The majority of parents are not going to go down that expense route. But, you know, we're having to learn ways around dealing with the fact that you can't always hear the right, you don't always get a reliable sound from the pupils. So something I've done, a lot of other teachers have done, is we ask our pupils to pre-record a piece. So in a lesson, for example, I will, let's say, in a second or third lesson in a term, the pupil will have recorded 
the work that we've discussed from the previous week and they will have sent that through to me in one shape or, or another I will have listened to it and then actually in the lesson itself I'm giving feedback to the pupil or getting them to think for themselves about what it is that they need to work on further now we have a big focus in the curious piano teachers on feedback on how to give feedback because we know that for many piano teachers and many instrumental teachers you know the research shows that we're not very good at giving feedback what we tend to give is advice so we've uh, adopted something called the advice monster it's not not our term but uh, we've borrowed it from uh, michael bungay stanya who's written a couple of fantastic books um, the coaching habit and the advice trap as teachers we tend to give advice we tend to hear a pupil play and say oh well it wasn't fast enough or there weren't any dynamics or why don't you do it such and such way because what all that does is it tells the pupil what to do and actually what is lacking is is the pupil taking ownership and learning to listen to themselves and then they don't actually know what to do when they get home so instead you have to switch it so that you're giving feedback on what it is you hear now it's harder to do because it gets rid of all the fluff and you end up saying so what i heard there was aloud followed by a little bit quieter or that section there sounded uneven could you tell me what was going on and in that way, the pupil starts to have to analyse their own playing. And yes, you can do this with really, really young pupils as well. You have to change your language a little bit, but you can still give feedback rather than just continue to give the advice, which it's just so tempting that we all do that. We all just fall into that trap. So I think teaching online for many piano teachers has really, really fed into that. How do we give effective feedback during those online lessons? Because if we're listening to a piece of music that the pupil has already pre-recorded, then we want the pupil to really think about what it is that they've heard and what they can work on next. So we've just talked about the sound, the quality of the piano. And of course, many pupils have digital pianos, which also doesn't help. Uh -huh. So getting students to pre-record their material they've been working on is a really, really helpful tactic. And it cuts down time as well in lessons, believe it or not. Are teachers actually teaching and playing piano and hearing the young person or the, the learner play the piano at all? Is that part of the lesson or is it mainly yeah. a discussion about piano playing? No, no, there is very much playing still there, but it possibly won't be the whole of the piece. I mean, it does depend on the quality of the internet at that particular lesson and that can change on the whole certainly for me i will be asking pupils to play me segments and sections of a piece and the work that we set at the end of the lesson will be really really specific on the whole and i use something called cadenza practice app which is a, a fantastic tool that has been developed by researchers in canada in fact and it means that the, the practice that is being set for the week is being negotiated and discussed between the teacher and the pupil. And it's really specific. You know, it could be playing bar eight to 12, three times, aiming to get an even sound or checking for staccato or legato or articulation. And that is the cadenza is something that the pupil can access from their home. 
I can also upload into Cadenza videos that I'm making. So this is the other change that we're making a lot of videos ourselves of how to play something or how to practice certain little snippets. And then we upload them into their particular account. And then the students watch those at home and they get to practice along with their teacher. So the whole dynamic has shifted a little bit. Now, that was something I was already doing, even when I was doing face-to-face lessons, because it it is, you know, when you have a 30-minute piano lesson, there's only so many things you can actually get through. And so it provides a really, really powerful way of supporting the 30 minutes during the home, because (laughs) we keep saying to people, there are 10,050 minutes between each piano lesson every week. (laughs) Yes. And practice is always the challenge, isn't it? Always. Often causes difficulties between parents and young people. I really like that idea of the Cadenza app. I hadn't heard about that before. And I love the idea of negotiated practice. It's something that sounds very similar to individual learning plans that might be used in sort of youth work. And also an organisation called Awards for Young Musicians, I know, are very keen on this idea of individual learning plans that are agreed between the teacher and the learner makes such a difference I, I, absolutely and it just involves the learner the learner should be at the center of this if they're at the center then actually the motivation to go and practice isn't always such an issue because they've got a plan because they know where they're going they know what they're wanting to do for me i think piano teachers have to be embracing these kind of ideas in their teaching it's, it's no longer acceptable just to teach in the way that I learned, let's say, 50 years ago. There are many good things about that, don't get me wrong. But let's adapt our teaching so that the pupils do really take charge of their learning and become really positive pianists and people who love playing the piano and love music going into the future. That's what it's about, carrying that love of music through to them into their adult life. And the more we can switch on to that, the better as far as I'm concerned. Yes, definitely. Do you have a sense of what the take-up has been like? Have pupils generally just said, yes, we'll go for that, and parents said, yes, we'll go for that? Or have there been people who've just not wanted to do that? And also linked to that, I was going to ask about how your teachers are managing financial aspects. So have they had to reduce their prices or offer different packages? In terms of take-up, I refer to a survey that I'm putting together at the moment. I think the figures will come out of that. The sense is that I have the majority of people have have taken up um, the offer of lessons with open arms. I think there were some who were quite sceptical, some parents who were very sceptical, who initially said before Easter, no, this isn't going to work. I'm not even interested. But then since lockdown and everything else going online, they've turned around and maybe said, well, could we try it? And actually found to their surprise that it does work (laughs) and it does have value in the same way that a face-to-face lesson has value. So I think on the whole majority of parents and pupils have really embraced it and it's working particularly well online with, with adult students. I think in terms of the financial aspects, teachers are working incredibly hard to put these lessons together. They are taking far more planning. And the value that is being got from the lessons is exactly the same. So no, prices haven't gone down and they shouldn't go down because it's exactly the same. It sounds as though there might actually be some better outcomes in terms of the practice in between lessons, etc. Yes, totally. I, I really think, you know, 
we've all learnt such a lot. And I can remember back when we were doing our free webinar on the 12th of March, I was saying to everybody, look, this is an opportunity. This is, let's just keep open to this. Yes, it's scary at the moment, but this is going to open up all sorts of possibilities for you as a teacher that possibly you hadn't thought about before. And I think, you know, so many people have, have gone so far out of their comfort zone. If we'd have said to a lot of the instrumental teachers back in January, well, look, you're all going to be teaching online every single lesson and handling all the technology. They've gone, no, 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 I can't do that. And yet they have. And they are really to be applauded, I think, for that, really. And they've invested a lot of money and time as well. I can see going forward that for many there will be some sort of combination of online and one-to-one -one lesson as a possible future model. I really don't think we're just going to go back to the normal one-to-one -one lesson and I hope we don't because I think online has brought something new and different to the whole situation. So changing the business model of piano teaching, that's interesting, isn't it? I think a lot of people are sort of thinking about that, about their business model slightly differently now. One of the other questions I wanted to ask you is, I don't know if you know this in, in depth about your members, but what are the challenges for inclusion and how are you and your teachers addressing that? Yes, I, I, I mean, I've got a couple of um, pupils myself who, who have special needs and I know there's a lot of members who do have pupils with special needs. And I think we're all feeling our way. One of my pupils with, who, with quite severe special needs really is at home now all the time. And she has been learning the piano for probably four to five years and is making progress. And it is so, so, so tiny, 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 the little steps that she takes each week. And that's in one-to-one -one lessons. Now she is continuing. Mum is there. Mum is doing the teaching basically. I'm practically teaching the mum and mum is actually teaching the student. And without mum, I couldn't do it with her there. It, we have a lovely three-way relationship and absolutely she wants that to continue, mum does, and as does my student as well, you know. And it's, it's a big privilege, <laughs> always a big privilege, I think, to teach pupils with special needs because you learn such a lot yourself. I think the students that struggle more for that particular student I was talking about the first thing was her getting used to me being on the computer that took her two or three weeks oh. <laughs> to actually adjust to the fact that I was no longer there in person Sally isn't there she's on the screen look at the screen you know I think for other students who have probably more ADHD or something like that actually the concentration required for online lessons is proving quite challenging for them and I don't just mean you know online piano lessons but they're spending a lot of the day school days etc are being spent at the computer screen and then following that with a piano lesson is proving challenging of course but, they're very much less moving around we're all experiencing very, that yeah, aren't we yeah yeah ab absolutely but again the model of actually videoing stuff and sending it through that can help to bridge that gap not completely but it, it still means learning things online but it can help to bridge that gap so that they don't necessarily have to turn up in person for the lesson but they can watch something that I might have recorded and sent through there are also a number of great apps out there for online learning I mean there's one called Piano Maestro which one of my special needs <laughs> would play I think all day oh. and you know it's a well thought through 
app. It's not a piano lesson, you know, and, and it has got restrictions, but parents are happy because they're still engaging with the piano. You know, it's, it's important, I think, with these special needs pupils to talk to the parents and keep the lines of communication open so that everybody is happy with the situation. Is there anything that you'd like to share with other teachers that you've learned through this process or that you've found useful? I mean, you've shared some books and apps already. Anything Mm. else you want to share? I think the fact that we have to remain open to new ideas and trying things in new ways. Everybody, as I've just said, has been doing that. And just to keep that same mindset as we move into the next phase, whatever that might be. And also to remember that you're not alone. <laughs> We're all working at this together. We're all looking to, to create the best systems that we can. And yet we're all inventing it as we go along, really, at the moment, aren't we? But you are not alone in, in doing this. And actually, when you're working with other people, things can feel so much easier. So if you've got a colleague or a teaching friend, then hook up with them you know get and have conversations with them talk about the frustrations that you've got and teaching solutions that you've might have found because I just find having other people to talk to is immensely useful definitely there's some great tips and isolation is probably you know one of the biggest challenges Mm. for peripatetic instrumental teachers and obviously your community really helps that and is increasingly important to those teachers that are your members now it's been really brilliant talking to you Sally I've learned so much and I'm going to go away and look at those apps and books and things that you've mentioned so thank you my pleasure my pleasure (laughs) I will I will just say one thing that the cadenza although it's called cadenza app is actually a browser-based so don't go looking in the app store ah top tip thank you for that Um, and if you'd like to read more about sally and the curious piano teachers i'll share the links to their website in the show notes um thank you very much for listening that's the end of our show this time thank you for listening to the music for education and well-being podcast and make sure to subscribe so that you get to hear about future episodes If you'd like to be on the podcast or you'd like to know more about me and how I help music and creative organisations through communications, then visit writing-services.co.uk and get in touch. Thanks for listening and have a great week.